I only had to snooze the button three times this morning before getting up. Let's see. Okay. Put my drink down. A tea towel. That belongs in the kitchen. I don't want that here. And a book. Well, that's a good book. Right, hold on. I'm here. I'm here. I've got an appointment with God. I mustn't get distracted. Put that in the kitchen later. Hmm, that does look a good book. Okay. Right. Oh, I'm going to sit the other side. Okay, I've got my pen, got my Bible, got my book to write in, I've got my iPad in case I need it. I'll try not to look at it. Oh, my phone. Oh, Facebook. (laughs) Right, ignore that. That looks good. Right, I want to look at that later. Hold on. Right, Facebook. Right, let's put it on silent. Hide it away. Okay. Oh, hold on, it's Thursday. Joe's going to need money later on. I'm going to write that down, money. I want to make sure I have some of his delicious food today when he comes home from college. Right. Okay, I've got everything. So, good morning, Lord. I'm here. I'm here today to worship you. You're amazing, God. You're a wonderful God. You are so incredible, so mighty, so wonderful. I worship you, Lord. I worship you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all the good gifts that you have given me. Thank you, Lord, for my wonderful family. Father, thank you that I'm free to worship you today, to come before you in your glory and in your holiness. Thank you, Jesus. You are so wonderful. Praise you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Mm. You're beautiful, Lord. Beautiful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I worship you. Tia mo sonda ho, tia mo liasi. You are worthy. I love you, Lord. Kia sonda la mo sonda. Ia 
spend time with you and come before your throne. I worship you today. I worship you today. Lord, I just give you this time. I lay everything afresh before you today. Everything that's gone on yesterday, I just lay it before you. And Lord, I come before you clean and holy, made righteous, and I just give you this time. Father, I pray that you will speak to me as I open up the word, as I read what you would have say to me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray today for that fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. Just fill me in you from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. Fill me to overflowing, Lord, so that every person I touch and everywhere I go, your glory will be revealed. Thank you, Father. And I thank you for your Holy Spirit here now as I read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. Right. Today, what am I reading today? Okay, Judges 3, great. Well, Lord, all scripture is God-breathed and from you, so there has to be something here for me today. So as I read your word, Holy Spirit, show me what you are speaking to me. Okay, these are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites 
who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not had previous battle experience. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, so he wants us to know what it's like to be in a battle. Okay, the five rulers are the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonians and the Hivites living in the Lebanon mountains, from Mount Baal-Hermon to Lebo-Hamath. They were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands, which he had given their forefathers through Moses. Okay. So they were left to test the Israelites. Okay, well, God tests us today. So let's see. The Israelites lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. They took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served other gods. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asherahs. The anger of the Lord burnt against Israel so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Rishathaim, king of Aram the Harim, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. But when they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. Oh, that's interesting. Who saved them? Okay. So he raised the deliverer when they cried out, and the deliverer was Caleb's younger brother. So not just Caleb who was fierce and said, give me the high ground, but Caleb's younger brother. Hmm. Oh, hold on. It was Othniel who was the son of Caleb's younger brother. Okay, so that's generations. That speaks of generations. Wow, that's good. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan, Rishathaim, king of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. So the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Once again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And because they did this evil, the Lord gave Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel. Getting the Ammonites and the Amalekites to join him, Eglon came and attacked Israel, and they took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites were subject to Eglon, king of Moab, for 18 years. Hmm. City of Palms, that's Jericho, okay? Again, the Israelites cried out to the Lord and he gave them a deliverer, Ehud, a left-handed man, the son of Gerah the Benjamite. The Israelites sent him with tribute to Eglon, king of Moab. Now Ehud had made a double-edged sword about a foot and a half long, which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothing. He presented the tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was a very fat man. After Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent on their way the men who had carried it. At the idols near Gilgal, he himself turned back and said, I have a secret message for you, O king. The king said, Quiet. And all his attendants left him. Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of his summer palace and said, 
I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh and plunged it into the king's belly. Even the handle sank in after the blade, Ugh, was a bit gruesome, which came out his back. Ugh. It was more like a Joseph story, not a me story. Ehud did not pull the sword out and the fat closed in over it. Ugh. Then Ehud went out to the porch. He shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. After he'd gone, the servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked. They said he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the house. They waited to the point of embarrassment, but when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked them. There they saw their Lord fallen to the floor, dead. While they waited, Ehud got away. He passed by the idols and escaped to Syrah. When he arrived there, he blew a trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went down with him from the hills, with him leading them. Follow me, he ordered, for the Lord has given Moab your enemy into your hands. So they followed him down, and taking possession of the fords of the Jordan that led to Moab, they allowed no one to cross over. At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites, all vigorous and strong. Not a man escaped. That day, Moab was made subject to Israel, and the land had peace for 80 years. After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anas, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, and he too saved Israel. Okay, Lord, so what are you saying here to me? Okay, well it says here that you raised up a deliverer. You raised up a deliverer for Israel when they cried out to you. And you're our deliverer now. So, just as they cried out to you, we can cry out to you. Because you're not a once-only deliverer who just lasts for a few years. You're a deliverer that lasts for all time. So I thank you, Lord, that you are my deliverer today. And that you're not going to die. That you're not suddenly going to lose because you've won the victory already. And I thank you, Lord. And Father, I just thank you that when we cry out to you, you come to save us. That you do come to save us. You come and save us from whatever is going on in our life. Father, I just thank you for the way that you've saved me. The way that you have delivered me from things in my life. Father, I thank you for the way you've delivered the church from the financial situation it's been in. Father, I thank you for the freedom. I thank you that you've delivered me and set me free from fear. Father, I thank you that you are my deliverer today. And I thank you that when I cry out to you, that you hear my voice and that you respond because it is your delight to answer me when I call. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Mm, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Father, I just pray today that as I, I uh, open up my book now and listen to you, that you will speak to me, that you will speak your words to me. I just silence any voices 
um, my voice, the voice of the enemy, anything, I just silence you now in the name of Jesus. I just thank you, your word says that I hear your voice. And Lord, I thank you today that you will speak to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, it's the 25th of November, 2012. I just read Judges 3. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. My child, I'm indeed your deliverer. And today, freedom is yours. And I want, you to, use, I want to use you to bring freedom to others. Don't hold back, but go forth in my power and strength. Mm. Thank you, Father. Father, I want to thank you that you want to use me. You want to use me to bring freedom to others, that you don't want me to hold back. You don't want me to shy away. You don't want me to come under fear again, but you want me to, to be your instrument to be used to see other people free. Father, help me to be obedient to you. Just like you called those um, judges and that your spirit came upon them. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is in me. Your spirit is in me, that you have given me everything that I need to go forward in boldness to see other people set free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Okay. So, thank you for joining me. <laughs> um, 
I'm just going to come down here now. I think and Alan's going to join me in a minute. We just wanted to, to give you a little taster of, um, you know, Alan talked about what he did in the morning with the Lord. And we're just giving you a little taster of what I do um, with the Lord. Uh, I probably sing for a lot longer, so I'm sorry for my singing, but once I forgot you were there, it was all right. But um, I often worship for a lot longer. It's very, to me, it's very important. I don't put music on. I just um, sing in the spirit, sing in English, and I, I expect God to give me a new song. And... Um, uh, and I just let the words flow. Anybody who knows me knows that I have a song for everything. And if I'm not very good at remembering all the words to songs. And so my policy is, when I sing, as long as it's in line with scripture, it's okay. So if I suddenly forget a word, I throw in um, what scripture. That's not my word. That's my word in there. Sorry, babes. Yeah. So, but we also wanted to model a little bit about what happens with the soap. Do you remember Alan was talking about soap, scripture, observation, application, and prayer? So, um, Alan said to me, pick the scripture that is for the day on the Bible plan that we're going to give you for next year. And when I looked at it, I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> Judges 3, thank you. But the point is that. All scripture is God-breathed. And somewhere in there, God will speak to you. And I hadn't prepped it or anything. That was me doing it. Um, I haven't done it this morning or anything. That was me going through it there so you could see. And I was trying to let you know the thoughts as we were going on that were going round my head. And just because I've done it this way, that doesn't mean to say you do it that way. Everybody has to find their own way of relating to God. And we were talking about this a bit earlier on. I have a relationship with Kasha, and I relate to her in a particular way. And Alan has a relationship with Kasha, and he relates to her in a particular way, because we are different. Therefore, we have both have a relationship with Jesus, but we both relate in a slightly different way because we're different. So you don't actually sing, do you? It varies. Usually my voice is so loud that actually I woke everybody up. So unless, uh, unless I'm uh, quiet, I, I don't tend to do that. What I tend to do is I tend to walk up and down praying in tongues. And uh, uh, just uh, that's what I shared last week. I shared a bit of what I did yeah. last week. So I thought this week I wouldn't share too much. I'd yeah. give you a chance to. Yeah. The other thing that I have to do is I have to make sure the space is clear. So I can't sit on a messy sofa, which was why I moved the... What was a tea towel doing anyway in the sitting room? <laughs> Who left it there? <laughs> and, you know, a book or a child's toy or something, I need to put it away. I need to not see what needs to be done so that I can totally focus on God. So that's what I was trying to show. Otherwise, I walk in and I spend half my time 
tidying, clearing, moving things out the way. So I like a space that is clear, that's not cluttered. Where in contrast, I know if I even start on those things, that's me gone for the next half hour. So I won't even look at those things. Everything stays where it is so that I stay focused. Yeah. But we just wanted to ask uh, some of the core leaders different things they do. It was really interesting when we talked to them about how they have their devotion times and what they do, because we're all at very different stages of life. You know, our children are older now, so we don't get um, woken up uh, early in the morning. We don't have to say, get out of here, or whatever we do in a very nice way anymore, uh, because they're actually still asleep, usually. Until uh, <laughs> midday. Yeah. But when Abby, Abby was one of those children who, it didn't matter where you were, she had to be with you. The minute she was awake, she was awake. You know, there was no, she was always there. And um, She was like the light switch, unlike you. Yeah, thank you. And, but one of the things I used to do is, because that's only part of my time, because our relationship, the intimate part of our relationship, is the first part that's really important of your time with God. If all the time you pray for other people, you will miss that intimate time when God wants to speak to you. But after that, I will then get up and then I will start praying. Pray for you as the church or pray for people with particular needs. And that's when I start to pace up and down and pray. And Abby used to always want to come and pace up and down with me. And so I thought, well, if she wants to do that, she can. So I would pace up and down, you know, speaking authority, speaking life, speaking this and that. Are you following me now? So she started to do that. So when I was like, devil, you get out of here. She was like, devil, you get out of here. You know, so I'm sorry. That's why she's a little bit fiery, probably. But she followed me everywhere when we prayed. But you walk up and down, don't you, in your time? Yeah, my, my, I, I spend that first bit of time praying in tongues that my focus is on the Lord and not other people. And so what I'm actually doing, I'm using tongues, I'm using my prayer time to shut out how busy and all my prayer lists and who I need to think about. I'm actually using that prayer time to be my focus on the Lord and close everybody else out, actually. Yeah, okay. So let's hear from some of the other core leaders. So Kasha. So do you want to just come up just here and face everybody? I think so you can see. Hello everyone. Um, my devotion time looks very similar to Pastor Claire. Um, when I pray or worship, I usually either stand or kneel. It helps me to not fall back to sleep. <laughs> so you have to find what works for you. Um, let me see. I have, uh, I printed out once the leaflet which says, in Christ, through Christ. So I speak that out to place myself in a position. I already placed, but you know, in my confession, in my, you know, relationship that I am in Christ. So that helps me too. Um, I have um, two prayer books. One is, like Pastor Claire used hers, to write down everything that God talks to me. But there are the second one, which God just showed me this year to start, this small one where I put the uh, scriptures that God 
give me personally, either for myself, for my family, where I write it down and I pray through the next couple of weeks or for how long God wants me to. So that helps because if God gives you the word, it's either a prophetic word or scripture that's like Rema word for you, the enemy will come and steal it if you don't write it down. Well, the second book is uh, simple and helpful because that's just what's there. It's not many other things written, so you open and it just pops out. So that helps me and that, that uh, helps with my prayer. Also, the listening time. Very often we can feel condemned if we don't talk much or pray much or, you know, sing much. But sometimes God just wants to love on us and, and talk to us. So sometimes we just have to, you know, have like time with, you know, with your friend. You, you don't talk all the time. So also sometimes the enemy comes with condemnation. You have to do this or that, perform. So I often, when you feel that the presence of God is there, you just allow him to talk. And sometimes that can be most of your devotion time during that, that day. Um, I also use commuting because I commute from St. Helens. So 40 minutes, it's the best when you can listen to the teachings, pray in tongues, listen to the Bible. When I cook, I put on either the truth, the um, listening to the truth, or UCB has 24 hours Bible read to you. So I use that as well just to feel myself. And, you know, with two kids, busy lifetime, you can find time to grow and, you know, to get as much as you can and stay connected. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was really good. You know, the whole thing of writing down the words that God has spoken to you, the prophetic words, and, and holding on to them, you know, and how she had them in a separate book. It's very interesting. I was thinking about myself, you know, the words that have been spoken over my life, could I go and find them all? Have I got them in one place? So I can actually see what do I still need to pray over? What still hasn't come to pass? That's really, really good. Yeah. Well, that, for me, in my Bible, the first, almost one of the first things I actually do is copy across into the back of my Bible uh, those words that have been given to me, specific ones. Mm. Uh, and so I usually get a new Bible every uh, couple of years because I, I uh, scribble all over mine. I, I write bits in there and color code it. And basically after about two years, it's so color coded, I can't see anything else. But uh, what I previously heard, I've written notes in it. Because that's how I remember and have memorized and learned to memorize scripture. And so who I am in Christ Jesus, that I have been given every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So that is, for me, one of the orange scriptures, color-coded. So I've got blue for faith and salvation. Uh, orange for in Christ Jesus uh, stuff. Uh, I've got yeah. yellow, which is about praise and other stuff. And so that's my yeah. little thing. Sorry, I've just seen that. I know. Okay, Becky. Um, so I do pray similar to Pastor Claire, but I split my time with God where I talk to God myself and it's my intimate time and praying for other people and other things and circumstances to the opposite ends of the day. <laughs> because I don't like to focus for too long on one thing. I'm quite like... I'm like a little kitten and they see something exciting and they run up. That's what I'm like. So to try and etch out, for me, a block of time in the morning, if I can split it and do it morning and evening, 
it's all much better. But the thing that I do um, that really, really helps me is that I put uh, music on. And that automatically in my mind goes, do you know what, right now's my time with God. And it started, I grew up in a really busy house, a really loud house, and I didn't want people to, pr- to hear me praying. And so I would put music on to cover up the fact that I was praying. <laughs> so I didn't want my family to know I had a relationship with God. They were all saved, by the way. It was just me being embarrassed. And then when I started moved out and started living with different people, and it just helped me as well. The noises, it helped me focus and block out what else was going on. And it also made me feel a little bit more secure that actually people would just hear the worship music. They wouldn't hear what I was saying and what I was singing. Um, And now I live on my own, and so I have a quiet house. And so for me, it's noise rather than just complete silence because I'm used to noise around. So that really helps me, and I've always done that. Um, I spend, like Pastor Claire, quite a lot of time singing and worshipping God. And um, believe it or not, I was always really shy and self-conscious growing up. And um, God gave me this picture one time of, and I didn't want to sing out because of that. And God gave me a picture um, of me sitting there and singing and my voice going up to heaven. But heaven is perfect, right? So nothing imperfect can get to heaven. So my voice, when it goes up, gets through a little filter. And when it gets, into, when it gets to God, when it gets to heaven, it's perfect because it's been through the perfect filter. That might not be the- theologically correct, but that Thank really you, Lord. <laughs> So God only sees you as perfect. It says in the Bible that he sees you without flaw. And so he hears me without flaw. And what I sing is sweet to him. So it doesn't matter whether I'm in tune or out of tune or whatever I sound like. Matthew's agreeing. (laughs) He's in the office next to me and I sing all day long. So he hears all the time. So what else do you do? Because you... Um, I also... I'm quite creative crazy stuff. And so I'll sit there and I'll doodle when I'm singing or praying or if I'm reading something... And quite often I'll have scripture played out to me, like Kasha does. And I will sit and I will doodle things and draw things because it helps me focus. And if, I, if God explains something to me, shows me a picture or a vision, I will draw it. I will get in my book and I'll draw it. And I've got a whole drawer full of paints and different colours and paper and I stick things in and I go a bit crazy with it. Awesome. But that's how I remember then what God's shown me and it also helps yeah. me focus. Yeah. Okay. Um, Pastor Matthew, you you do use music in a different way, don't you? Um, yeah. Um, I like music as well. I don't really tend to listen to worship music. I I put instrumentals on. I'm, I'm really into classical. I know you guys are shocked. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm really into like classical and instrumental music. So it's just, uh, that's, that's what sets me in. in I know Fiona's going, my goodness. But <clears throat> that's... That's I wish we'd done yours now. I wish we'd done yours now. No, you don't. <laughs> so that's what locks me in. And um, I, I use this a lot. So my Bible's on this. And uh, as I'm listening to that, um, I use the Kindle a lot. So it has the capability to put notes on it. So as, I'm, as I've got the music going on in my headphones or whatever, and I'm reading the Word... And, and I'm praying in tongues a lot at the same time. Um, God will speak to me and I'll, I'll, I'll put on a note and say, D-d-d-d-d-d-d. so on my Kindle Bible, there's a whole bunch of notes and a whole bunch of highlights. Probably the same thing Pastor Alan does. Um, and that's how I do my devotion time. Uh, probably there's another different aspect. The way I do it is um, I like to work out. So, um, <clears throat> so I like to put music on or have the Bible going as I'm working out. And, and I'll talk to God. 
while I'm doing weights. <laughs> that, that, but that's just that works for me. So like last night, uh, last night we had some training at Glen House, and and after four thirty, I grabbed somebody's um, Studio Four keys. I went to the I went to Studio Four, put on my music, had some go, and I was working out, and I was I just I just started talking to God. Mm-hmm. And I uh, say, Dad, what is the situation? And this and that and that. And I'm I'm very real with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm just it's just like I'm talking to you, and and He always speaks back to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I just make a note of it and stuff. Say thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's how I do my devotions. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go and find Mark? You know, it's it's good. You know, times when we use when we don't do anything. You know, like you're cooking or you're doing the weights. Use those times constructively. You know. So we don't have to listen to the radio or the news, but feed yourself. It's good. So you, Mark, you're going to share about, because you've got a young family, haven't you? I think um, one of the key things really is that you go through stages in your life, depending on the circumstances you're in, as to how you're going to spend that time with the Lord. So when I was um, at university um, and when I was at home as a, a child, I used to spend my time with the Lord in the bedroom. Um, I've always had worship in there, surprisingly. <laughs> um, and I also, um, you know, always have spent time listening to what God's saying and writing it down. That's always been key for me right from a very young age. Um, more recently, I've become very disciplined in praying in tongues for 15 minutes. Even if I don't get much out of it, it says it edifies you. And I'm strengthening my spirit. And that's, if that's all I do, it's like Pastor Matt lifting his weights yesterday. You know, he may not get much out of it on that session, but you'll benefit from it later on. Um, So that's one of the things I do. But um, when I got married, um, suddenly the bedroom wasn't really the easiest place if Simone was still in the room to then go and meet with Jesus. So I had to go downstairs. So I had to adjust what I was doing in order to still spend my time with the Lord. Then we throw in children. And that becomes really fun for two reasons. One is that they might come down and try and join you, as was happening with Pastor Claire. Now, I really kind of got a real prompting when that started to happen. Joshua would come downstairs, and I'd be like lying down or kneeling down um, in the presence of God. And it's like, so now what do I do? Because he's going, Daddy, Daddy. <laughs> and you're like, what do you do? So the, the key thing for me, firstly, is don't get distracted by it, but don't ignore them. Okay, and I really felt it was my responsibility, particularly as the husband and father in the household, that I model to my children how to meet with Jesus. If the only thing they ever get from me in life is how to meet with Jesus, they are sorted. Because they will then go and do it themselves. So that, to me, is the most important thing. So I would do that. So I would, let, I would be kneeling down, and Joshua would come literally underneath me and kneel down. And then a few days later, he'd do it again. He's like, Daddy, I want to get snuggled again. And you just have to go with that. Jesus is big enough. I can still hear from him even when Joshua is there. So you kind of do that. The other thing, though, is that particularly, and this is something I really felt God saying to me, don't beat yourself up if you don't do it like Pastor Matthew, Becky, Pastor Claire, whoever. Do what works, but make sure you're doing something. That's right. So for me, okay, like last night, Joshua woke up at 2 o'clock this morning. That often happens, not necessarily with Joshua, but I will often have one of the children wake up. Simone does not wake up. Even if our house got hit by an earthquake, (laughs) she would not wake up. I will always wake up, okay? So the roles in our household, and this is the way it works, is I have to go and sort the children out. And sometimes I'll kick her out and get her to do it. But 
The point is, is I can be up at several times a night and you don't wake up then at five o'clock in the morning to go and meet with Jesus. It doesn't happen. You're knackered at that point and you're sleeping. So do I beat myself up? No, I've started coming into to work and I used to do this at O2 actually. So it's not just because I'm working in church. Come into work, find somewhere quiet. So I happen to go somewhere, which I'm not going to tell anybody in case you all go there. Um, but basically so that I can spend my time with Jesus but I don't beat myself up about it. Okay, great. Now, Radic, you, um, you do something completely different. Yeah. yeah, well, obviously I do quite similar things, you know, like all the other people. And I spread my time of, of meeting with, uh, with Jesus uh, throughout the day. Uh, I, I work quite a busy life, you know, quite an intense life. I have to fit in many things. And I commute to Manchester there and back on a train. Uh, every day, so when I get up early in the morning, all I you know can say is like, "My gosh, it's a fight to stay you know awake." Basically, I may do like ten push-ups to wake myself. I can slap myself on the face, put cold water, anything to keep myself praying. But my prayer in the in the morning, you know, it's not as intense on, or not as fruitful as I would like it to be. So because of that, you know, when I get on a train, uh, I basically put my, you know, headphones on. I will be reading a book, listening to a teaching, and making notes. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I felt condemned in the past was the fact that we've got a couple of Bibles at home, but I forget about them. So I will read them, I will leave them, and I will forget about them. I will make notes, I will lose them. And that's happening all the time. It's not that God is not talking to me. I simply lose things all around the place. So finally, I got a phone, just like Pastor Matthew. And I've got Bible on that phone. I've got teaching on this phone. I've got books on this phone. And I've got my notes on this phone, which are, you know, additionally synchronized with the, with the cloud storage. And that really make, made a huge change in my life. Because if God talks to me, I basically copied from the Bible, I put it into my notes, it's saved, it's there. So during the work, uh, I thought, you know, it would be great to have time with God. But working in the city center of Manchester, if you get out on the streets, it's just so, so busy. People everywhere, very, very loud. So Kasia managed to find me two churches in the city center of Manchester. So during my lunch break, I simply go to one of the churches, and they usually have a designated area where you can pray. Uh, so I go there, basically, take my phone and, and start praying in tongues, you know, then reading the Bible. When God is showing something, you know, throughout the reading, I will pray about that, you know, and, and so on and so on. So that really gives me the time of a focused prayer in a quiet environment during a very, very busy, you know, and loud day. So I come back to work, you know, quite refreshed and ready for the rest of the day. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's the Anglican church. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just a, a thing. Find yourself a quiet place. I think that's the key. I'm very easily distracted, so I need quiet. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, when, 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 we get, when I get back uh, home in the evening, we'll have a devotion time with kids uh, just to make sure that they can see me engaging with them as we read the word so I can give them even a short teaching, maybe one minute or so, because, you know, their attention span is not too long. Uh, but they can see me talking to them, me reading the Bible. Usually it's the wife. And it used to be like that in our family. Kasia was reading more, you know, speaking to kids more. It was easy for her. It wasn't that easy for me. But now I put an emphasis. I make it point of a day. 
talk to kids and, and they see that they appreciate Thanks. that if they see a man you know a husband yeah, basically a father doing this stuff. Thank, thank you, you. thank you I would just like to say you know if you're somebody like uh, Kasha, uh, uh, Radic who, who works uh, um, you know and you're like we, we all work what I mean is if you're busy doing so many things and you're like God where on earth can I fit that time in pray and ask the Lord Lord where should I pray? Where could I have my lunch hour? If that works for you, show me um, when to pray because he's concerned about that. And the last person we just want to share is Pastor Sheila, who's very quickly going to tell us what she does at the end of the day. Okay. Thank you. Uh, morning, everybody. Morning. It's so good to be back. I've been missing in a couple of weeks, so it's lovely to be back in family. But I just wanted to share with you everything that everyone else has said. You know, over the years, I've worked all, all different times of devotion times, quiet times. You know, sometimes you can beat yourself up because you miss a day. And, but, you know, you pick a time that is best for you. You pick a time where you can just rest and, and, and be with Jesus. But I'm like Pastor Matthew. I am just ordinary with my father. I talk to him all day. I talk to him while I'm washing up. I talk to him in the car. I talk to him while I'm shopping. And you know, and it says in the word that my children know my voice. And the more time you spend with him, you know that voice. But one of the things that David and I do, now, if you've heard my testimony, you know how I believe so much in the power of the word of God. And I believe that this powerful word can reach into your heart even while you are asleep. And you'll know from my testament that I was lying in bed very, very ill. And David had the scriptures playing 24 hours a day. And that scripture reached into my heart while I was lying there really, really ill. So from that time, David and I have played scriptures through the night. And we have a CD with healing scriptures, which I think if it, was, uh, if it would wear out, it would be well worn out now. Because, the, you know, we, put, we love the music on it and we love the scriptures. But, you know, if you know me as well, you know that one of my very, very favorite things is my iPad. And David says, if it was a choice between him and my iPad, <laughs> difficult choice. But, you know, this, this, this iPad is not just a game machine. This iPad has all my Bibles on. It has all my devotions on. But the best thing for David and myself is, on the Version Bible, it's audio. So what we do, we prop this up at night, and we have it playing scriptures. We've been through the Psalms. We're now going through the Gospels again. So every night when we go to bed, we switch this on. Now, this is so brilliant, because what it does, it switches itself off eventually. It doesn't carry on and wear your battery out. And what I love to do in the morning, you know, I look at what we're setting, what we're starting to listen to, and then I look in the morning how much has been playing while we've been asleep. But recently, while we've been listening, now this we know, this is confirmation that the word reaches into your heart while you are asleep. We were listening to Mark's gospel. And in the morning, we both got up and we said, did you hear that, that parable in, in Mark's gospel? We went, yeah. 
We said, did you understand? I said, well, it's one, of the, it's one of the hardest ones to understand. So we both got our Bibles out and we looked at the parable again. We got our commentaries out. But this was while we were asleep that this parable just... And it was the one, if you want to know which one it was. And I've asked around and this is the one that all the commentaries skip over. You'll never hear anyone teaching on it. I want an answer. It's a challenge. But God did explain to us. Perhaps we'll get you to preach on it. (laughs) He did explain to us, and it's the one. You know where there's there's the parable of the manager. We need to move on. Yeah, the parable of the manager who does a sneaky thing, and he gets, uh, like, God says that was really good. And we thought, well, he was a bit Mm. sneaky, and he stole things. So, Mm. But if you want to look at it, it's in Mark's Gospel, it's the parable of the the manager. But... Put your, you can put this on any scriptures. Let it play through the night. You'll sleep better. You'll wake up refreshed. Mm-hmm. And you'll be amazed at the scriptures that are settled yeah. into your heart. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, amen. Thank Sorry, you. No, 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 it's okay. No. Um, no, it's great. I mean, I've started to listen to the Psalms at night after hearing what Pastor Sheila does. And it's interesting because it stops your mind thinking about other things. And you focus. I don't know, I fall asleep really quickly anyway. But um, I hope you found that helpful this morning. We just wanted to be really, really practical uh, and give you an insight, give you ideas that maybe you've not thought of. Because God has got a variety, you know. So ask him to help you find your special place, your special time, and, and what to do, how to do it. And it was really exciting... Um, uh, we're going to move on now, um, but yeah. Oh, are you gonna I do that given, first? I, I've actually All been right. given a prophetic Sorry. word that I thought I was praying earlier. See, sometimes we're given stuff, and you've got to work out when does it fit. And uh, here's there's a word that's been given. So just to test me, uh, if you hear from the Lord, write it down because it may not necessarily be used instantly, but it, it waits for the right time. There's a bell ringing. Its peal is not one of alarm, but a call to prayer to be devoted. In this coming season, there will be many bells ringing. Cash register bells, doorbells for carol singers, sleigh bells. Someone's hoping for something there. (laughs) But there's a place for these. But do not overlook my bell, the call to devotion and prayer, to take time to draw aside from the busy things of life. Mm, Yeah? That's a good word. That's a good word. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we just, we need to take the time. When we hear a word, it doesn't necessarily make sense, or we're not quite sure what to do with it. You pray through it until you know what to do with it. Yeah. And um, it was really encouraging last week, um, after we told everybody about what we're going to do now, the breakout after the service, um, somebody came up to us. You know, God likes to tell us secrets. He likes to whisper and tell us things. And this person, God had spoken to them about going and leafleting the local area with uh, about Christmas and that they had come that morning with the word to come and speak to us about it. And of course, we said it. So, you know, God loves. Do you remember Alan said, you go in to that place with him and you listen and God will tell you what's going to be preached on Sunday, what's going to be said. You know, so here we have somebody in the congregation, God gave a word to them and it was said from the front. 